days where I went in here and I was like, I clearly, this was clearly a drunk episode. Like these, these are the notes from a drunk episode. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, money, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing didgeridoo podcast. Is Machine Gun Kelly saving guitar music? Machine Gun Kelly's dead. He died like a hundred years ago. So he can't possibly be saving guitar music. He probably didn't even know about guitars. Was he killed by Al Capone? Most people were back in those times, so. So probably, <laughs> so this Machine Gun Kelly guy, I've been seeing, the, the, the current one. <laughs> the way you said that, so this guy, Machine so this Gun guy, Kelly. I've been hearing from the kids on the street about this Machine Gun Kelly guy. Now, I've, you know, I've been seeing people post about him forever, and every now and then there's articles that pop up, up, up about him. There's videos that do clickbait about him, and now here we are doing one of our very own <laughs> all because of Emily oh, on our Facebook group. George machine gun Kelly died in jail. Ah, all right. Well, anyways, Emily on our call out on the group for, you know, topics to talk about. She said, MGK being the savior of the guitar based music, according to billboard and himself, and maybe who actually is bringing back guitar based music. We are, we're solely responsible for bringing back guitar-based music. No. I, don't, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think anyone should have it on their shoulders of being solely responsible for bringing back guitar-based music. I'm not even sure anyone should bring back guitar-based music if you ask me. On Let's the wrong all day. play synthesizer. I know. Like, how about we just bring back like cool, good songs? How about we bring back math? Let's have like cool good songs and then we'll work our way backwards towards you know having guitar in oriented cool good songs <laughs> but anyways uh you know emily mentioned this on the thread and I, i've seen him brought up so many times i've seen all, all sorts of stuff with him tagged on tiktok or whatever and i never really cared enough to go check him out and listen to his music i'd heard snippets here and there when you would make the news and be like, okay, this is something I don't really care. Okay. So I'll throw this out first. Sure. Uh, I thought it was funny when a guitar center, I believe he was a guitar center employee, some music store employee, uh, got the machine gun Kelly guitar. Oh, I saw that. And was like, the kill switch is on in this position in the down, down position. It's on. And in all the photos, it looks like the, kill switch is on so does he actually play the guitar because the kill switch is always on and it's literally like everybody who's like spent more than 30 seconds inside the guts of a guitar was like you know how easy it is to switch like the yeah. tips here also like it got loose and rotated around or something yeah, you like, know, this is on, a man. non thing like but what's actually funny is mgk like called the guy out he was like what you're saying i don't play guitar because the model the the one that you have on the shelf is different than what you think it should be. Like, you don't know me. Right. You're, you're just looking at, f- at photos. Right. 
Like you can, like you can go watch videos of playing guitar, him playing yeah. guitar, and figure out like, oh yeah, he's probably playing the guitar. Or if he's even if he's not, even if he's play syncing or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's not like it is not like any of his songs feature guitar playing where he's has something to prove. Yeah. So uh, like uh, like to be like, yeah, see, I'm really playing guitar. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter if he plays guitar live. In my opinion, like it really flat out does not matter. And a lot of your guitar heroes in big legacy bands that play shows and stuff like that and tours, you're not hearing their guitar. They have a guy backstage right. playing the parts perfectly so they can prance around on stage. So that's not even like a thing. Anyone who thinks that they're set up to gatekeep over yeah. so, guitar stuff should care about, so because I, I promise you your heroes are also mimicking guitar. I, I, on read, stage. The, I read the entire billboard article um, is MGK bringing back guitar. So to, to this point, I would say, and actually, you know, we, we, when we were eating dinner, we were talking to your sister. Mm-hmm. I've got a your, Zoomer your sister, young, by the way. Your youngest sister. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be confused with your younger sister. No, this is my youngest, not my younger. Um, and she well, said, she is younger, but she's, she's also my youngest. said that she thinks that all MGK fans are, thir- are 13 and 14-year-old boys. Well, I was asking her, because I, I, I went through and I watched a bunch of his music videos and I listened to the music. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, I don't think I've ever encountered someone online who is like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of this or like, hey, mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Like, I I have a I have a policy on Facebook where I, I accept all friend requests, right? Like for better or worse, I just do it, and so I get to see a really wide variety of people posting. I've never seen someone post like, oh man, I really love this song, or hey, have you heard the new song, or like, oh, check out this video, I really love, you know. And I see that with all sorts of other types of music. Like people posting things like that, whether I like the song or not, because I accept all friend requests. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that with him. And I was asking my sister, are there actual fans of his music out there? Or is it purely a pop celebrity culture, celebrity gossip sort of infatuation with this person where it drives clicks and it drives, you know, like traffic online to have articles about him like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it seemed to me like her response was like, it, it's mostly like younger people listening. So I think there's a couple things. Some part and of younger, it, she means high school. She's college age. Yeah. You know. So part of it is that um, his, one of the, he had five producers on his album. The album that is was like his first like not rap album. Right. Came out in 2020, at the end of 2020. Uh, it did apparently debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. So it was at least pop popular when it was immediately released. It is certified platinum. Okay. So it has sold at least a million copies. Right. Um, and a lot of the songs are, are written... So are written uh, with um, some of them are like mumble rappers like Trippy Red, uh, and some of it is a lot of these are like co-write or with uh, Travis Barker. Like there's Travis Barker fingerprints right. all over this. So MGK kind of has this thing around him that is he is L.A. at this point he's from Cleveland, but I would almost say like and and I don't just say this because he played Tommy Lee in the Dirt. He's kind of like become the heir to Los Angeles trashy celebrity. Yeah. And, you know, because Travis Barker is kind of a trashy Los Angeles celebrity. I'm not saying he's a good person or a bad person. I'm just saying his 
persona is because let's be honest, Travis Barker's filthy rich, right? He's made probably a bazillion dollars uh, off of, you know, Blink-182 right. over the last 20 years. He's definitely made more money with Blink-182 than he did with the Alcabats. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I, I would I, I would venture a guess that the uh, residuals that he makes every month off of radio still playing What's My Age Again or all the small things – the check he gets every month in residuals. Okay, okay, where, where are you going with this line of I mean, thought? My, you're going to rant on Travis Barker for an hour? No, or where no. are we going? My, my point is only that Travis Barker has like taken this guy under his wing. Sure. And so that gives him, whether we like it or not, it gives him some like street cred. Street cred. It's kind of dumb street cred because, again, Travis Barker is kind of a dumpster fire of a celebrity i don't really I, I don't know anything about travis barker the celebrity like i don't care about celebrity stuff at all and i think that's mostly why why i don't care about uh machine gun kelly at all because of all the celebrity stuff that goes on around him yeah. like my my wife and my sister started talking about him and everything they had to say is like i don't care about any of this yeah, like, because like this is all celebrity gossip stuff i don't care about it, what it, he it, did it, what he said right. i don't care who he's dating who's who you used to date i don't care about like blah 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 like I don't care about any of that. So I'll say I'll say two things. The other thing that makes him ripe for being the person who revives rock is one, uh, again, trashy LA celebrity. Uh, but that two, doesn't have anything no, to do with no, the it does music because, of rock. Because it doesn't matter because he's famous. Uh, two, but he's not famous for the music. Two, pop punk street cred because tra- he works with Travis Barker. Three, in the past, he has said that he will date underage girls. Which hello, well, it doesn't get any more pop punk than how, that. How how much more rock and roll can you All be? Right. He's than, that's it. That's pop punk. Than saying, hey, 17, 18, What's the difference? Right. Uh, that was a tongue in cheek, a little bit, but I, you know, I, I, I have, her, I had, have seen things. Like everything that pops up about him in whatever social media I'm on is about things other than his music. It's, it's, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've seen stuff about that. About how he had like a tweet or something about how he thinks like like 13 year olds are hot or something like that. Like that's you know that's awful. That's yeah. hor- that's horrendous. It's disgusting. But at the, yeah, on the other side of it, like I was trying to get a bead. Like there's all these headlines. And clickbaity things that come up like, oh, is this person, you know, is this person the next guitar, you know, person? Is this the person like influencing a new generation to pick up guitar? Is this person like the the beginning of the next wave of guitar rock or whatever? And I don't know personally, but I I listened to his music today. I listened to probably mm-hmm, like five mm-hmm. or six songs. It's fine. Like I was expecting something annoying the way people react to him. The, the problem with his music is that there's not enough there to to be annoying. Right. <laughs> like, I was, you know, I want there to be a new generation of music that middle-aged people like me hear and go, "Oh, what are kids listening to?" The problem with his music is that it was so incredibly safe. And it's just Right. It's an amalgam of pop sounds. It's like you take the sounds from the most radio-friendly pop-punk there is. Mm-hmm. You know, like pop-punk from the early 2000s or whatever. It has yeah. that kind of yeah. chord structuring. It has that kind of melody structuring and, and melody theme. And you mix it with the softest, lightest 
poppiest version of, you know, kind of rap parts and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. and you overproduce the crap out of it. It's just perfectly produced. It's every song is pristinely produced. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, like it almost kind of reminds reminds me of like post grunge where you like had grunge and things were really raw and like kind of unfiltered and like a lot of production quality is kind of rough here and there and stuff like that. And then you move into this post-grunge thing, and now you have, like, your life houses and stuff like that. And you have this mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. like, like very polished and softened version of that sound, where it's pushed very alternative, and it's push, pushed very soft, and it's pushed very, ex, like, accessible for a general audience. But yeah. it still has this kind of, like, sheen of a style over it. And it's like, I... I'm honestly wondering, I, I hate to do this, I hate to say this, but is he manufactured? Is this, like, some producer? Like, it, is it Travis Barker, like, manufacturing, like, a pop star? Is that what this is? And Is, is that why there's so much, like, celebrity stunt culture around well, this? Well, I, I mean, I think he uh, I th- he's he was around, like, as a rapper for a while. Right, but you can say that about a lot of people these days. No, but I'm saying like he's been a, he's been. A, you can say that about Beck. Sure, I'm saying like he's he's like a known quantity. I think the post grunge uh, analogy is is apt, except for the fact that I I think the thing that I think about is um, the thing that you think the, the thing, thing that you think about. I think the thing that I think about with that is when post grunge was happening, there were like alternatives. Like, it was po- there was post grunge, but grunge was still happening on the radio. Yeah, where like this is like, uh, like he's trying to push himself as like, oh, I'm pop punk, oh, I'm 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 rock, or like whoever is mm-hmm. in control of the narrative, like, oh, this is rock, this is the next wave yeah. of rock coming, this is the you know, the rebirth of pop punk or whatever, because that's what we needed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, but it's like, is it actually like, and it's not transitioning from anyone else doing that and saying that we need that or like any it's it's like not cashing in on a groundswell of those styles coming back Mm -hmm. from my perception anyways so what is it well and i think is it cashing is it like i honestly get this vibe of like trying to cash in on the broadest shotgun shot at a general music audience as possible you're trying to get the middle-aged parents who grew up on pop punk and the teens who want something that look young and new without challenging either of them anyway, but having something very commercially ready and something very polished. Right. You know, I think that's exactly what it is. I don't think it's necessarily manufactured. I mean, and it crosses genres in such a smooth and soft way that it's like it, it could, it could transfer from, Several different radio formats. Right. I you think, know, I think if he was a, you know, 22 year old rapper turned pop punk front man, I might, I'd probably, I honestly, I'd probably be more skeptical. He's 31. He's the prime age for like that. Is sec- he 31? He for, looks yeah, so young. For that like second wave Whatever, like, whatever lotion you're using on your skin, dude, is working. Good job. He's he's the prime candidate age for that like late wave, like second the second you know the right. the the really popular Blink One Eighty Two stuff. Like when I was in my mid twenties and and completely sick of 
you know, Blink-182 and all the other pump punk, he was the perfect age. He was exactly. Thir- he was 13. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think I think he is making a genuine attempt at making the music from his childhood. Yeah, sure. It sucks. It's not Here's It's thing. not very good. Here's the thing. I don't think it sucks. I listen to his music and I don't think it sucks. I think it's just bland. That's fair. Like I think I, I think it's I think it's not a good I I think I would rather listen to the old stuff. Here's the thing. I guess. It's pop. It's sure. not pop punk. It's not punk. It's not rap. It is squarely just pop. pop. And it yeah. is it is it is custom built. It is precisely probably like the craftsmanship there, the intention there is delivering. It is built to be a pop product. Put it on the yeah. shelf and it will sell millions. It is going platinum. It, it, like it is designed for that in every beat, in every syllable, in mm-hmm. every lyric. It is designed for that. It is designed. I you know I don't want to diss on pop music, but it is designed to appeal to the lowest common denominator, yeah. I, which I, is not bad if you can do that. If you can engineer your art, your music, your whatever to appeal to a massive audience, everyone is trying to do that. And if you can do that and get to the top of the pile, that's amazing. You are a mm-hmm, you're a, mm-hmm. a creative mastermind. If you are capable of actually doing that and actually pulling it off, that is not a small feat. And I, I respect that, it. I think that says a lot about what he is as as an artist and, and the angles and everything. And again, he was already pretty famous before he became like a rock artist. Sure. Um, and I know in interviews, he said like, Oh, there's always been elements of this in my music. There's always been elements of rock, whatever, you know? Um, I think some I'm of, not gonna, I I'm think not going to tell a 30 year old dude that he's appropriating rock and yeah, roll. I think, <laughs> I think, I think there's, I think the there's ship a has sailed on appropriating rock and roll a really long time ago. I think there's some, there's a lot of different things. One thing I will say, of the many thoughts that I've had mm-hmm. is um, over the years, there have been a lot of different artists where, you know, Fender gives this person a signature guitar. Gibson gives that. Well, it's usually, it's been a lot of criticism of Fender. I forget who the most recent Fender signature artist was that people got worked up about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually like, it's usually women that, pe- Oh, she doesn't deserve a signature guitar. MGK has a signature Schecter. Uh, it's cool looking, I guess. It's like Pepto-Bismol pink, uh, which a lot of it people are really into the color. They're into that aesthetic. Um, but, uh, you know, you talk about a dude who probably has not, well, on the one hand, again, probably has not earned the rights. If you want to say that there was a right of passage to having a signature guitar, he's There's a guy not. who hasn't had it. But the other side of that is I think that is part of the indication that he has he has something going for him. Uh, I, you know, in the conversation we had earlier, I kind of put it this way. MGK might be like the 2022 version, 2021, 2022 version of Taylor Swift, where you don't have to like the music. You just have to look at, oh, it's a guy. And and the idea that, oh, thir- this is music for 13, 14-year-old boys who want to be edgy and don't really know what they're doing, but they're seeing a guy who's playing a guitar, and maybe that's what gets them into the instrument to begin with. Yeah. I will say, like after listening to like five or six of his songs um, and listening to the guitar parts on the songs, mm-hmm. like I could see a young person listening to that and it giving them what we got 
in our teens, as far as what was on the radio, what was popular music for us at the time, you're thinking about your offsprings, your green gains, your Nirvana's simple four or five power chord based songs that anyone starting guitar could learn. That's what his guitar parts in his music is. And his, his songs have simple melody progressions in them where a, you know, a 13, 14 year old kid absolutely can learn to play his songs by pulling up a tab and learning, you know, which five power chords are in there. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, I think that is something that has been missing for a while. Because music, like the complexity of music changed. A lot of people aren't going to think about it that way. They're going to think that all new new music sucks. But it did change. So like you think about yeah. the music that was big in the the 90s. And it was an excellent time to learn to play guitar. Because there was so much popular music that was so simple to play. Mm-hmm. And if this guy really is as popular as he sounds, it's not all manufactured. Like People actually like him. And there's people who want to learn to play guitar who are listening to him. And they're going to try to play his songs as the first songs that they try to play, I think it's going to help them. Yeah, I think he's, I think it's I think it's going to be beneficial to I, those people. I think he's the I think he might be the right artist for like the TikTok scene. Is he going to bring back guitar? Like maybe I think I could see somebody in 10 15 years be like, "Oh yeah, I picked up guitar because I thought MGK was cool." In the same way that like I think it's ridiculous that there are people out there who like, I picked up guitar because I thought Tom DeLonge was cool. That being said, like MGK is no Tom DeLonge. I don't think we're going to think of him as a... No, totally, le- totally different. I, you know, no one's going to think... I, I don't like Tom DeLonge. I'm not a, a lover of... As, like, a, as a musician. I'm not I a lover reckon, of, Yeah, right. I recognize that he... You know, we're still talking about him 20 years later as one of the the major fig- major guitar players... In 90s pop punk. We're not going to talk about MGK he's a total, as a major player in pop punk ever. He's a totally different style of player. I would, I would, like, honestly, when I was listening to MJK, MGK, whatever letters it is. Um, Machine Jung Kelly, MJK. Like, like, really listening to his guitar parts, it's really no different than a lot of the main body of Offspring songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's finding your four or five power chords and, and he's chugging and through your rhythm, chugging through it. There's this, it's, it's locked into a groove. It really is locked into yeah. a groove, which is a, a good skill for a new player to learn. Like not everyone can do that. I would, I, you know, there's almost also flavors of like green day in there with mm-hmm, the simple chord mm-hmm. progressions. But I think Billy Joe brings a little bit more uh, pizzazz to his playing. And yeah. there's a little bit more, uh, personality floating around in there, but it that the core of it, it is four or five power chords that you're playing yeah, around. There's with not there. a lot of there's definitely not a lot of finesse in the in the MGK's music that I've heard. Here's the other thing. Uh it's amusing to me that the song that came out most recently that was very oh no actually that's not what I was gonna talk about. The thing that I find amusing that I, I think is very good. He claims that uh, what you mentioned earlier, where when you go see one of your like rock idols that like they're, you know, because they're right. doing the swagger thing, they're not actually playing the big riff. He has said that despite there's been criticism again, why does this guy have a signature guitar? He's not even good. And his comment on it is, yeah, but I'm actually playing the guitar. That's how you know it's me because I'm not very good. He's sure. always, but I'm up here and I'm doing my thing. And, and he's kind of thrown out like, 
you're just mad I have a signature guitar and you and you think you're better at guitar than me, but I'm the one who has a signature guitar. Suck it. Like that's kind of his attitude, which I can appreciate. Like he's getting up there yeah. and he's doing his thing. No, I don't mind. I don't mind all that at all. And honestly, like all the, all the gatekeepy stuff, like, Oh, this person does yeah. or doesn't yeah. deserve this. And you know, because I'm fans of, I'm a fan of Malmsteen and Eric Clapton and real players. Oh, and blah, dude, blah, blah. It's, these but, are people who are fans of like, of freaking, I, I can't even think of like a people who are fans of yellow card are mad about MGK. Okay. What it's the people who I see complain the most about MGK are all people between the ages of 25 and 35 who are all signed up to go to when we were young festival and are mad that MGK is trying to tag along. Can I have a term for those people that I'm going to drop right now and I'm, I'm ready to commit to it for the rest of my life. New boomers. (laughs) If you're complaining about this and you're in your thirties and your twenties, you're a new boomer. They're, like they're, get like get over it. Stop being so boring and stupid. There there is a pedal builder. There can be other people that play things and have things. Like relax. There there is a pedal builder that I I'm I think we're both friends with this pedal builder. Okay. Who has said that much like when we were young and not the festival, but and we said, well, who's the worst band that we could play with live? Uh, for this, for when we did Sun God Festival, and we were like My Chemical Romance, and son of a bitch, it was My Chemical Romance. Right. Uh, he has said that if MGK reaches out to him and says, "Hey, can I get a pedal?" That he's not going to basically said like that's his worst nightmare. Why? Because that's how that's how hard his street cred is for for all of these we when we were young bands, the OGs, not this new not this newcomer. I can't making fake. He's in love with an emo girl. Can you believe it? The fact that people are gatekeeping pop punk is even worse to me than people liking pop punk. (laughs) (laughs) It's a genre that is built to criticize. It's not a genre that's built for you to be. It's pop punk. It's pop. Ryan, he's the punk is little. The punk is the little word there. The pop is the big word. The punk is the little word in that title. He's in a relationship with Megan Fox. That's either the most or least pop punk thing you can do. Who cares? I guess. Who cares? I'm just more amused that, you know, he did that song Emo Girl and he gets blown out by Will Smith's kid. Like she's far better on that track than he is. And he's one of the few people who has doesn't. He did a track with Halsey. That's absolutely terrible. And it's like when you have a, a vocal monster like Halsey and she feels wasted on your track, like, I don't know, man. Also, it seems like a lot of his stuff is collabs. It is. Well, I think that's kind which of, I, just, which is, which is part of what makes it feel like a manufactured pop right. thing. You know, I think that's a carryover from, from like the hip hop, the rap thing, especially right. like that. A lot of these young kind of got a foot in the mumble rap game. There's a lot of collab. I am and that carries over. And I am not at all against collaborations cross genres. Like I think that's beautiful. Yeah. But it does when when every other song is a collab, it feels like well where's where's the core element? Like right. like man, I hate to make these sorts of comparisons, but like if Sting does a collab album, mm-hmm. it's like you have a really square frame of reference for who sting is and what the other musicians are bringing in. 
I'm trying so hard to avoid saying boomerisms right now. I really. Why don't. did you just? Why are you using if sting? Why did you say when Santana? Right. <laughs> when Santana. <laughs> no, that's a that's an excellent example, but that's it doesn't really work because you know Santana was already a legacy and Sting's right, already legacy. Right. But like, say if Sting had come out or Santana had come out with a collab album ten years after they hit it because this guy's been on the market for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. Why does it feel like his collab stuff is just his regular stuff instead of being collab stuff? Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's a different vibe there. Sure. Sure. Well, I think it's, I think it's the genre. Again, I think it's the collaborating is something that's a lot more common in hip hop rap music. It just feels like uh, a and so like, now it's you know he's putting out the rock album, but he's calling a lot of his old friends back in. It doesn't feel like he's a band. It feels like he's a pop star, and the this is all uh, it's all very heavily right. It's all heavily heavily put together by producers. Yeah, he's not. He I I see what you're saying. So it's like he's not. Uh, he's wearing the pop punk costume. He's, I mean, everyone who did pop punk was wearing a costume. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, none of that is sincere. All of that is fake. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all a costume. It's all like, what can we sell a hot topic? Right. It is the most like commercially cynical version I'm of punk there the could possibly I'm saying be. the idea of. Right. Like anyone he, like demanding like sincerity and authenticity out of pop punk has lost the script a oh long time ago. All right. Like you've never, you didn't realize there was a script. You were watching a movie and you thought it was real life. Cause you've never looked out a window before. I think in the billboard article, it literally ends with like the idea of the corporate. It says something at the end of it. I, I'm not going to look it up, but it says something on it. Like, Oh, the, and back in the day, you know, punk and pop punk was all about not giving a fuck. And here's a guy who actually gives a fuck. And maybe now that's the most punk you can be is actually caring. And it's just like, Oh really? Really billboard? I think that's literally what, how the article ends is maybe giving a fuck is the most punk you can this be. This is so exhausting because it's bringing back, <laughs> it's bringing back sitting at awful, not awful, but sitting, sitting at, sitting at parties in the early 2000s, hearing emos fight over what the definition of is is when you're talking about emo. And it's, oh man, stop fighting about this nonsense. Just make music, you know? Judge it by the music, not by like whatever. It's so exhausting. Here's what, I, here's, here's the most interesting thing to me about Machine Gun Kelly is that he's six foot four and he weighs like 130 pounds. Does that's he only, a, that's does he really only wear, weigh 130 I don't know. pounds? He's, he's, but he's like one of these long, Right. He's a long boy. He's a long boy. He's get him, very, a, get him a Slim Jim sponsorship. He's very, ver he's very vertical. He's very vertical. <laughs> I, I uh, used to get him and G-Eazy confused because I think G-Eazy is like 6'5 or 6'6 six, six and also like very lightweight. Also, one I mean, of my, I used to be very lightweight, but I was never 6'4. Give him a couple years. Uh, uh, another one of my criticisms of his music is that after listening to five or six of his songs, I honestly can say that if a song that I hadn't heard popped up on the radio, I'm not sure I would be able to tell it was him. Right, right. They kind of run together. He, no, like he, like his vocal style 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's strangely for someone who's trying to be pop punk, I don't hate his voice. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so there's a, there's a compliment there, but his vocal style kind of travels in the vocal styles that are popular now with the kind of like indie alt crossover with like hip hop kind of yeah. sound kind of like like you could put him in a in a playlist with your Billy Eilish's and your K Flays and, and stuff like that and it it would flow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has that he has that youth vocal styling that's going on right now. Yeah. But it's so like the productions are so generic that I honestly there's not that thing like I was talking about like if he was Santana or Sting, I would be able to hear things. They're like, "Oh, I can tell who that is without you telling me who mm-hmm. this is. Mm-hmm. And I don't, maybe it's because I'm old. I can't, I don't hear that with him. I don't hear a thing popping out like, oh, that's that guy. Speaking of being old men, my tinnitus has been flaring up this week. Oh, it's like just for a couple, just enough to disorient me for a couple minutes and then it goes away. Yikes, dude. I don't yeah. think I've, I have it at all yet. No, every once in a while, I just, some frequency triggers it. And then it just, anyway, I will say at that, do you want to try to hit the second part of this? And let's hit the second part of it. Cause I do want to kind of talk about the second okay, half of this okay. question, but let's do it later. Let's do an ad. Uh, MGK. I'm going to say, I think he's going to inspire some people to pick up the guitar. Maybe a lot of people to pick up the guitar, but I think in 10 or 15 years, people are going to be like, Oh yeah, I got into guitar because of, MGK, but I don't remember any of his songs. I, don't I think, think that's what people are going to say. I don't think it's, I don't think he's going to be a green day or a blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. I think, or an offspring. I think he's going to be a some 41. <laughs> We're like, some people really liked them, but no, like, I think he's going to be, I would say he's not going to be some 41 is probably still being uh, generous. Yeah. I would, I would almost say like more like SR 71. You remember SR seventy one? No, you said this while we were having dinner. He's going to be an Avril Lavigne. No, no, no. I think no. I was saying Avril Lavigne as a signature guitar player. He's not going to be. He's not going to be Avril Lavigne. I would say you're going to hate this. Maybe he's not going to be Nirvana. He's going to be Cracker. Don't don't say that. But it, that's no, but that doesn't work because there's like it, you know there has to be the there's a whole pop mentality there. There's a, I'm there's you, a pop factor. He's uh, not going to is. Like, I think that Avril Lavigne is the better comparison because she was was punk adjacent, but was a pop star. But it's 20 years later and we're still talking about her. I don't think we're going to be talking about MGK MGK in 20 years. Like, how much of her music do we actually remember versus how much of just her Uh, look? Complicated, Damn Cold Night. You uh, said complicated and I knew knew you were right. Uh... Uh, here's here's the line here is the the line it might be the same song if if mgk puts out a song that is strong enough and iconic enough for weird al to parody it he's crossed that line there you go if he doesn't cross the weird al barrier he hasn't done shit Damn. <laughs> All right, this ad was sent by Michael Krause. This and maybe was, Weird Al. Someone send that to Weird Al. Uh, this this ad was sent by Michael Krause. It's a forty dollar PV two by twelve. It's a PV uh, stereo chorus for forty bucks. That's a hell of a deal, man. That's the only reason I grabbed this ad. Forty dollars, go get it. Uh, it probably weighs uh, eighty pounds. It probably sounds massive. It probably sounds like it weighs eighty pounds. 
But these are cool. This was PV's again. You know, we talked about the Fender Princeton course. Yeah. Uh, I think last week, and uh, the PV stereo course is also uh, like PV's take on the Roland Jazz course. You want a budget jazz course? Here you go. This is a very budget. It's forty dollars, bucks, and it looks clean. It's got a little bit of tear in the Tolex, and that might just be a roughed up. Oh, it's just a roughed up corner protector there no this thing's fine that, that that tolex that came on these amps was rhino liner yeah like this stuff is bulletproof this stuff's pretty intense the corner protectors are the plastic the little plastic reinforces i think they're uh, metal i think those look like are the they metal? metal ones to me look at the top one i think they're the metal metal, metal corners i mean it's got the cheap like plastic gray knobs across it but yeah you want you the want fact a- that it has all of its knobs still is actually pretty impressive it really is that's how you know this thing was taken care of and it's sitting right next to like a Greek column, so you know it's coming from a fancy house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, like forty bucks. Like if this was local, I would be. I don't need it, but I would be grabbing this for forty bucks. Absolutely. What are you doing? Oh, you're getting. You're I was going to say, you know what? This amp makes me makes me think. Are you going into the sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> should I go into? The, I pr- probably should. You got anything else to say? I don't go get it. Uh, go get it. Just like you should go get a Diderio expand. This is the expand one. Yeah. Which is the littler one. It goes and then you lock it in and you give it to him. Now he, you can't, it's too hard to push it back in. And you, you, the other way too, you lock it and you can't pull it apart, but it's, they're really super convenient. I've been, I've got two of them. I've been using them both a lot. I pretty much gave up on all, all my other pedal boards. <laughs> I stripped back everything that was on my on my big fancy wood board, and I've gone completely to Dario boards now. And I'm not looking back. I st- I want to get like a suitcase or something. I think to put my uh, my big one in, or I might get one of their official bags or something. But I've been hauling it to church with me to gig with, just under my arm. And like mm-hmm. this is fine. I'm fine with this. <laughs> if I if I was like legit gigging, I'd probably get a case or a bag yeah, for it. Yeah. But it's. It's a really smart design. I'm a big fan of it. Go check out my video for them. Go watch other people's videos or go just look, you know, at the the materials online for it. If it fits your needs, if you're shopping for a pedal board, I sincerely recommend it. I really do. I wouldn't say sincerely unless I sincerely mm-hmm. did. I would just be like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Go check it out. Yeah. No, I really like these pedal boards. I mean it. Dedario.com. Also uh, sponsoring the show is Chase Plus Audio. That's right. We've got the mood in the bluebird. They just released the habit. And actually, I, I forgot. I wanted to talk about this last week. They launched a new logo. Yeah, yeah. I, I The more I, I went to the website and was checking it out, I really like it. I do, too. Um, I like the logo a lot. I know some people are confused by it because it's a block and like a quarter circle and what looks like a letter C. That's not a letter C, guys. It's a sideways bridge. These are old school wooden blocks. These are the these are the tone blocks. I really like what they're doing with the logo. I like that they have they're not trying to do uh, initials with it. They're mm-hmm. doing these simple geometric shapes. And if you look at them and they look at the way they interact and the way they have these shapes interacting in videos and stuff like that. They really, really like reference the sounds that Chase Bliss pedals make in a really fun visual language. And as as a graphic designer, I'm saying this. I think it's a really fun new logo, and I'm glad that they went that direction because I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I like. But it. I will say that 
all my Chase with pedals are even more valuable now because they have the original oh logo. And some of them even have a wooden box with the original logo. So, yeah, they, they just went up in value by $1,000. Deal with it. Uh, and it did go <laughs> so blah, Go ahead on over on the move. Wow. Yes, what Steve just said. Uh, go ahead on over to chasebliss.audio.com. Uh, and also, if you want to support the show like these sponsors have and like lots of other people have, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle homecast, where for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can help us make content. We got Nam coming up. Yeah. We just uh, pay so, for a bunch of food tonight. Yep. To feed so, to, to feed uh, my family and to feed Steve and I. So uh, your mo- the money that you guys uh, send us th- through the Patreon uh, s- supports new content. We use the money to pay for the P.O. box, which you can send things to oh yeah stickers Here's the address right here we, oh we want to open some so open some packages open Let's some packages that. we got a letter right here you can i got it crack that oh steve's got sharp fingers he'll just use his fingers and i've got a box over here hey ryan and steve got this sticker a few days ago at in and out why we need an in and out sticker this is from kevin caldwell in fresno uh unless you think it would look even better on oh he said i would look great on the 60 cycle hum sticker giveaway guitar Unless you think it would look even better on the 60 cycle yum sticker giveaway guitar. <laughs> and so basically he said he thinks you should do a guitar that's all covered with restaurant stickers. Where should Give I that this? away. Uh, the in and out needs to, it should go right next. It should be pointing to the uh, input jack. You got room down there? Can you, can it, can it do it? Maybe I don't want to do cover it. other stuff up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't want to do that. I kind of, I want to put it, maybe I can. Well, now you got me thinking about where I can have it pointing. Oh, sorry. Here, now it's pointing towards the middle pickup. There we go. There we go. <laughs> when this nice. thing is completely covered, we're going to give it away. And we're only going to do one sticker from each letter. So don't think you can send 50 stickers and get it over with. It's one sticker per letter. We have a box over here as well. And I have no idea what's in it. And it's big. Who's it from? Does it say? And they spent a bunch of money shipping it. The tag says twenty three seventy. Uh, Luke sent it, and he's from Phoenix, Arizona. Luke is Phil McKnight's inner is uh, his shipping name. That's what I don't. Th- I don't think uh, Phil McKnight would ship a package like this. This is the box is very improvised. Co- an improvised box. I'm very impressed by the improvisation. Because whenever I try to do this, it just oh, fails. This box is jazz. This is a jazz oh, box. Oh my gosh. I'm going to wreck it just trying to open it. What in the world is going on here? I'm so very confused. Give me those papers. I'll start reading while you keep opening. Dear Steven, that other guy, this is a 3D printed guitar body. What? That I thought you may find amusing to play around with. I hang mine upside down just for fun. Takes about a week to print on my printer and uses one roll of filament. One of the things I found interesting is due to being plastic, it has a built-in pseudo-wah. Uh, have fun, guys. Thanks for the awesome content. If you have any questions about it, just email me. And he, and he gets... That is... What the... What the what? Oh, dang! No. This is so cool. <laughs> he printed the logo... Of the show onto the back That's of it. That's rad. Thanks, Luke. This is this super is crazy. Cool. All right. That's a whole other level. And it's the same color as the background. <laughs> so it's just going to disappear. No one's going to be able to see it. <laughs> That's funny. There's a, I think there's some hardware maybe in here as well. What there's the some tape heck? here. All right. I, I'm going to have to put this together somehow. 
What is this tape holding on? Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> it just pops off the back. This little thing. So. All right. That is cool. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. That's okay. Now I've got a project I gotta work on. I guess hey, this is an ultra lightweight Les Paul body. It's is chambered. <laughs> tone, oh my cha gosh. tone chambers. It took him a week to print this. That's wild. I'm gonna feel guilty if I don't get it together soon. That's that's too cool. Jeez. All right. I think I have a neck that might work on it. All right. Ridiculous. Thank you, Luke. If you guys want to send something equally more, less ridiculous than that, here is the address once again. All right, what are we doing now? <laughs> Got to catch my breath. Uh, this was sent by Mark DeBrun. It's a Hoffnet Electrische Guitar. Guitar, the Beatles. That's all it says. Uh, it is as it's... Uh, oh, what the, what the hell is this? Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Also... Is it a Hoffner? Because that looks like a Yamaha Pacifica headstock. It does. Did the Yamaha Pacifica have that kind of truss rod cover? Uh, I'm looking up Hoffners right now. I think he's calling it. I think that he put a Hoffner tag on it because they did. They were trying to do a beetle base cutaway with those side things there. Is that what that's I don't supposed think to be? Hoffner has ever used that headstock shape this I'm, has like some big you know they're obviously they're going for like a yellow submarine guitar thing here i guess yeah there's a whole beatles thing going on that's the hoffner six in line it's not anything like this no this is if this is a hoffner it's definitely like newer no i'm telling you that's the Pacifica you think it's a pacifica yeah i believe you i do not doubt you I'm going to find it. This thing's bad. Can I just say that? It's bad. It's it's really bad. That's the Pacifica headstock. Look. It's exactly. Oh, and it does have the same kind of it's cover. It's exactly what it is. So this started out as a Yamaha Pacifica. Same and kind now of, it's a Hoffner. What did they do to the nut? Look at the way the strings are grouped. Oh. What the hell? And it's look at how the way the strings are wrapped. <laughs> There's a lot of nonsense going on here. I feel like saying that this is a Yamaha Pacifica is being kind of mean to Yamaha. No, that Yamaha is not responsible for what's going on here. You think they replaced the nut and just butchered the butchered it? Oh, there's a lot being butchered right here. It might not even be a Yamaha Pacifica body that they started with because the photos don't show us the yeah. whole picture. There's yeah. not a lot to see here. The body looks is just ch chopped up. Why? It's all, some kind of hardtail, double humbuckery and how thing. They must have bondoed in holes in the body because there should be holes around the control cavity. <sighs> yeah, there's so much about this that I don't understand. I don't. I the things that I don't understand about something like this is you can tell a lot of effort went into doing this. <laughs> But at no point did they stop and say, no, something looks wrong. Right. And my cuts uh -huh. are my cuts are really wobbly. I should stop because clearly I'm not doing this well. They kept going and they finished the guitar and they've, they've kept going for quite a while. And now they're trying to sell it to you. There is an acoustic wound G string on this. 
And oh my gosh, it hurt. Every part I look at hurts. All right, Ryan, how much would you pay? And for then, this? then they put a. Why did they put a Hoffner? No, probably because exactly what you said. Like they want to Beatles it up, so they got to have that Hoffner logo. They went to so much effort on this. Why did they work so hard on this? Like I get they were trying to do, you know, the the Beatles paint on it. Mm-hmm. But why on this? <laughs> like every every part of this is me asking why. There's no part of it that uh, that's not being questioned. By There's me. no part of this that you think is acceptable. I don't that's care what I'm hearing. I don't care what where it's open to it's another one from Mark and it says open to offers, I think. Uh, because they don't have a price listed here. Is that what O'Fallen of Verzenden means? Probably. Or Biden means bid, highest bidder, or something like that. That's my guess. Or maybe the site just doesn't tell you prices or so. I don't know. But this is not okay. The thing that makes it the most not okay to me is it's not salvageable. So Biden, that Biden, Biden means uh, offer. And then O'Fallon. Uh, means uh, pick up or ship. O'Fallon of Verzenda. So make an offer and then you can either pick up or, or, or ship it. they'll ship it. Um, I'm so like glad were, Google exists. They are trying to... Aren't you? They're trying to do a cartoony yellow submarine wacky sort of shape here. And they just ended up making, instead of making something charming and delightful and psychedelic, they made something sad. I want to give the artist the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that they were, given that this is Dutch, uh, a Dutch sale, that they were trying to channel like a like Rembrandt. Like Rembrandt, <laughs> Dutch Rembrandt? boy era like art i'm not saying it's done well because rembrandt's dutch that's that's the only reason. that's the only connection that's the that's the rainbow connection okay i i want to say i anytime someone tries to reference something being a work of art yeah like for some reason everyone goes for picasso uh-huh. they're like oh that's a real picasso and i don't think most people who say that like see Picasso paintings in their mind when they say when Dude, they say that. I'm, I think they're probably look, thinking Rembrandt when they say that. I'm looking at Rembrandt actual Rembrandt paintings right now and feeling really dumb. Yeah, no, Rembrandt is like really soft, like like oil paintings of people and stuff like that, with a lot of shadow and a lot of like dynamic yeah, kind yeah. of things going on. And so I think when people like like try to compliment some something and say like oh that you you're a real Picasso, they're trying to say you're a real Rembrandt. I always feel like when someone says that someone's a real Picasso, it's supposed to be an insult. I don't. I think the like the way people use the word literally to mean figuratively now. I think it. I think Picasso has suffered the same fate where people don't realize 
what they're saying when they call something a Picasso. Like they don't realize his art sucks. No, he doesn't suck, but it's a very specific flavor. It's a very spe- like the thing about Picasso. I'm, no, dude, I know, I know about Picasso. I'm just being a shithead. There's like, we lost 15 subscribers because like Steve thinks Picasso sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> like I actually really like Picasso. He's done some interesting stuff. I'm more of a fan of his like cubist, er, his early cubist work. Okay. <laughs> Y'all can get off the comment section. Let All me right. know your favorite Picasso painting. If you were going to compliment someone, which influential artist would you use? Oh man, you're point. a real Michelangelo. Someone should go real deep. And, oh, man, you're a real erroneous Bosch. Oh, man. Yeah. You're an artist, huh? You're a real Jim Davis over here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Got a real Jim Davis in the oh, house. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, man. Speaking of Jim you know Davis. What? You know what? What? Machine Gun Kelly is the Jim Davis of pop punk. <laughs> I'm good with that. Um <laughs> This and epi- that's a huge compliment. It really is. <laughs> this episode's also brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. Uh, they make, what do we got here? We got the woodcutter. We got the Albi. Head on over to BigEarPedals.com. So, they also got the slice of pie, but it's on Ryan's pedal board, so we yeah, can't show it to you. Because it's great, and I love it. Not to say that these aren't great pedals that I these don't These are love. also great pedals. But, you know, I pulled these two because you've got something weird and wonderful, a curated collection of multi-effect settings on the Albi. And then you have an excellent example of a classic circuit, the mm. woodcutter. My Honestly, my favorite take on the rat circuit. It sounds huge. It sounds warm. There's something about this that always sounds special to me, no matter how many other rats I try. Yes, even ones that I've been paid to demo over the years. For some reason, I keep going back to the woodcutter. And it always feels like there's something a little bit extra to it. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. But the Woodcutter is a beautiful rat-style pedal. And the Albi is a beautiful multi-effect that doesn't make you work for your settings. They're curated. There are eight settings. I use it all the time. It's a great one-and-done modulation, kind of like make yourself sound spacey sort of thing. Yeah, people, I actually have had like a few people, not like a ton of people, like literally a handful of people mm-hmm. will be like, oh, what, like, where, where is that? Like, what are you using for shim verb? Your reverb's really right. basic. What are you using? I'm like, I'll be. It's like, it's tasteful. Yeah. But then it, it gets you there. It gets you in that new wave, vapor wave, all your waves sort of territory. And before you guys say, Ryan, Steve, you're promoting these pedals that are sold out because sometimes they're sold out. Go to biggerpedals.com, get on the mailing list, follow them on social media. Mm-hmm. So when these are available, you can get them. Yep. Follow them on TikTok. They do fun little sketches oh, yeah. and stuff. Uh, this episode's also brought to you by Demonic Machines. We've got That's the right. Erica's Trip Octave Fuzz. And we've got the $50 Fuzz. Look at these two pedals, guys. They go good. They go great together. They really do. You get the $50 Fuzz. And you stack it before or after the Erica's trip, and the Erica's trip like throws in all this crazy, nasty, psychedelic octave, nasty goodness. You can combine this with any other pedal and be adding in this nasty, like fuzz style octave, but it doesn't have a ton of fuzz itself. It doesn't even have knobs, it has two switches, mm. but you want to add that to the sounds that you already love, this is a great option. So you've got some distortion pedal, an overdrive pedal, a fuzz pedal, and you want to take it into octave territories, this is a great thing to have in your board to throw it into that direction. So huge thanks to all our sponsors, Chase Bliss, Dario, uh, uh, Big Ear, Demonic Machines. You're all making it possible for us. 
Huge thanks to all those guys. And everyone, go click on those links to check them out. Should we talk about what's new? We already did. What did we talk about? We talked about your packages. Did you have more what's new? I did. What's your more no what's new? Well, I'm going to host an event. Oh! <laughs> we should have talked about this a long time ago. It doesn't really matter like if, if you know when we talked about it or not. Uh, I am hosting an event, a guitar YouTuber event. I'm calling it 60 Guitar Street. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not. That's, you know, that's me referencing 42 Gear Street, which is Henning Polly's event, which is amazing, by the way. And I'm so grateful to Henning uh, for throwing events over the years that I've been able to go to and been able to be part of. And coming back from the last one, I had the thought and I had a conversation with Perfecto, uh, who was another YouTuber who's traveling back with me on the same airplane uh, trips. And we got to have a long lunch at an airport and I was talking about it. And I was like, we should have our own event. It's more like localized, get everyone kind of in the same time zone. Everyone like some, a few people in the States make it smaller, make it lighter and easier to pull off than mm-hmm. this amazingly huge and extremely ambitious thing that Henning does. And so we're doing like a smallish guitar YouTuber event. It's going to be me, obviously. It's going to be Get Offset, Emily from Get Offset. It's going to be Perfecto <laughs> because obviously he helped me cook up the idea. It would be rude not to involve him. Also, I really love that guy and I want to be here. And he's probably going to smoke us all a guitar because he's an amazing guitarist. Yeah. Uh, then it's also going to be Mike Adams, also known as Pusheen. Yeah. Then it's- and... Oh, there's more? There's more. Because I was going to say working class music. And then there's working class music. Are you getting both uh, Jason and Tia? I am. Nice. We're flying them. They they were the exception because I was trying to get everyone in the same time zone. Yeah. And then we were talking about who who we should get last. And I think Emily said, well, what about working class music? And it's like, they're outside the time zone. It's going to be twice as expensive to bring them in because there's two of them. But damn it, I want them here. <laughs> also, I need to bring up the sponsors. I didn't miss anyone, well, did who, I? I don't know. I don't know. Mike, Emily, Perfecto, Working Class. Damn, I'm going to be so pissed if I forgot someone. I think that's it. <laughs> I've invited a few local channels, too. So we'll see if they actually show up. I'm pretty sure that's it, though. Uh, we've got sponsorship from Diderio, Sweetwater, Big Ear Pedals, and Chase Bliss. So a few uh, favorites in there, a few people who actually all of them have supported content through this channel yeah. over the years. So huge thanks to the sponsors that are paying the cost to bring everyone in. They're providing gear to shoot everything with. It's going to be a bunch of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to start shooting it on April 21st, I think. So be on the lookout for live videos and whatnot when that starts happening. Very cool. Yeah. And it's called Guitar House. It's not called 60 Gear Street. <laughs> I'm calling it Guitar House. And we're going to try to roughly theme it after like a real world sort of reality oh, show. Sort God. Of thing. We'll see what actually happens in that direction. <laughs> All right. On uh, Emily's thing earlier, she there was two parts of that. Do you remember what this? Oh, you took a picture of the second I'm going to be. I, I now I'm second guessing myself. And I'm like, is there someone that I forgot? I Who else besides the illustrious, super important Machine Gun Kelly do you think is bringing back? I got them all. Guitar-based music. Who else is there? Who else else would you put on that? I don't know. I don't think think we need to worry about that. I, I, and I, uh, here's the thing. 
the pendulum swings, man. Like the the idea is the idea that the like I, there's always been these articles like who's going to save guitar rock and yeah. roll. It's like it doesn't need saving. It will be there when society needs it to be there. Yeah. There's you know? so there's so many artists that, that if you force it, it makes it worse. I I think I think in one way or another since I think every decade has kind of had these moments where there has been a person in the forefront where you said that that's the guy. Maybe it was only for a flash, but I think if you go back to the fifties, you're kind of, you kind of have Chuck Berry. Right. You've got your buddy Holly and in the sixties, you've got more Chuck Berry. You've got, then you start getting uh, your, uh, your Eric Clapton's, and by the end, you got your your Jimmy Page, your Jimi Hendrix, your you got your, all your Jimmies, your, your Jameses, your Jims, and your James and your Jims, and you your know, Jimmies. Then that in that same transition and into the seventies, you get your your Brian Mays, your uh, Dave Gilmore's. There's always there's always this guy, right, and obviously right. the eighties, late seventies, eighties. Now you've got Van Halen. You've got all of these different big, you know, slash, right? All these guys where you're like, oh man, that's my guy. Nineties. A lot of people thought this was controversial. It is. It isn't. Kurt Cobain, right? You know, maybe more of a songwriter there. Um, Even in the nineties, you, you know, have like your Kenny Wayne Shepherds and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, I'm saying, you know, not e- even within the idea. Like I say Kurt Cobain, and I think Kurt Cobain was a highly influential guitar player, even though he wasn't necessarily like a leading wave of technical playing. No. But you also, out of that same space, you had um, the the problem is my brain is fried right now. You had the Soundgarden guy. Right. But uh, you also have bands like uh, like Living Color and you have yeah, your Jerry, Faith No More. Yeah, and your, well, I, I'm, yeah. I'm skipping over a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of like the biggest names I can think of. Jerry Cantrell. There was, a, um, even though a lot, not all the guitar playing in the 90s was technical playing and like shred playing or whatever, you there was a lot of guitar in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of guitar. I, I think, you know, when you think about, it's, again, as much as I'm not a fan, like uh, you've got, but in the late 90s, early 2000s, you got your Mark Tremonti's. Right, right. You know, these kind of guys. And, and I, I mean, like, and then in, you hit your two, Jack Whites is the 2000s. You got your Jack Whites, your Josh Homs. And yeah. I think. 2000 when you get into like the 2010s the tw- the teens the and teens and and now there isn't necessarily that the person guy. so the and and not to say that there aren't great guitar players because i somebody's this and they're going like well what about uh what about tosin abasi yeah right phenomenal guitar player but that's so neat very well known if you're a guitar player but it you're not hearing them on the radio and there's probably some, you know, a bunch of metal artists. I don't really listen to the, the hard rock station. So I don't, I don't know them, but you're not hearing that on like the, on your, your stars, right? Right. Your star 94. There's not a popular guitarist in the general zeitgeist right now, but I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a big deal. Either do I, I think that's what you're saying. Like guitar's still there. I'm going to throw, uh, you know, I'm going to, we, we talked about MGK, whatever. 
I think the songs um, are more important than the instruments. There's there's definitely a as lot far of, as like pop music goes and popular music in in general, the song is more yeah. important than the instrument and, that's playing and, it. And you have guys who are getting signature instruments as much as the band is trash and I couldn't identify his guitar playing if it walked up to me and slapped it, slapped me in the face. James Valentine, everyone loves his signature guitar. Whether or not they like Maroon 5, everyone right. wants that signature guitar. You know, uh, everyone wants that. Everybody wants it. There's a, a lot good guitar. There's a lot of up and coming, like more famous kind of or getting popular, maybe not specifically for guitar playing, but her, the her Stratocaster, really cool looking Stratocaster, you know, like rainbow chrome on there. You've got uh, like Solis popping up in the background of like everything. We just had the Super Bowl where uh, the dude was playing the the chrome, the silver. The silver, silver sky <laughs> on the, on the freaking Super Bowl. Right. You know, you've got guitar in places. You've got guitar in things. You know who the guitar person for the for the tens is? Who? Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna riot. Lay Go and roast it? me. Taylor Swift. Sure, not a guitar god, but you can't say that there's not guitar there. <laughs> and that gets me to where I'm at right now. You know who it is? You know who I think like. I listen to a lot of things and guitar playing still exists. You might not like it. Uh, the Olivia, new Olivia Rodrigo album has guitar all over it. It's got a song where the first time I heard it, I said the producer, or whoever wrote this song clearly listens to Elvis Costello. Uh, there's a couple songs on there that they, uh, basically had to say this song is an interpol interpolation of another song. The song that is the clearest interpolation of, of, uh, of another song is the song brutal. It's got that from pump it up. Right. And when people went to Elvis Costello and said, Hey man, this new pop artist is using the pump it up riff in her song. His response to it was like, Yeah. That's rock and roll, man. We haven't written an original riff in fifty years. What's the fifty? <laughs> what's the what's? Let's give it seventy. Well, you know? I'm saying like he, I'm thinking about it from his perspective right, and like, right. as like an old guy, right? Um, Something that tripped me. And, out. and so there, I'm just saying like I I just watched her her uh, her. It's kind of like a video documentary mm-hmm. that's on Disney Plus because I'm I'm you know obviously talking about it. I'm a big fan of her music. The entire thing, it's either somebody just, if it's simple, it's her sitting down at a piano playing or it's her playing acoustic guitar or it's her with her band that's all women, all just going to town. They've got like four guitarists in her band. Guitars everywhere, but like like all these guitar bros and guitar dudes are sitting around waiting for another Van Halen to show up. And this is not part of the culture right now. That's not the way things are going. It's actually kind of a weird thing when you think about it. It that is. Like, you're sitting, people are sitting around going like guitar is dead because Eddie died. And it's like, no, like there's guitar everywhere. Also, like, You're just too big of a prick to see it. The way music is distributed and the way people listen to music now is completely different. And all that stuff is still out there. Like your toasting to bossies and stuff are out there, but it, you're never going to hear that on the radio because the radio barely exists anymore. As it is, everyone is making their own playlists on Spotify or whatever. And your music is what you want your music to be. You don't have to wait for, you know, some corporate entity to feed it to you. 
But, you know, there's still pop music where that is still happening. But most musicians that listen to music are going to be very particular with the music they listen to. And so they're not going to spend any time listening to pop music for the most part. If they're trying to listen to something that specific, you want to hear guitar heroes, then you're not going to listen to popular music and you're not going to find guitar heroes in popular music because popular music has to hit such a wide breadth of people that it can't isolate on a single instrument. Yeah. And be like, here's a solo. There's no place for solos anymore. I think, I think I want to say there's no place for solos. I I think it could come back, but it's going to have to come back when a solo, when solos come back, if a solo comes, it's going to come back when a song introduces a solo in a way that's shocking and people are like, Whoa, that was crazy. Not just to have a solo, to have a solo. So, so many songs over the years have had solos just to have solos. Like I remember when, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, that pocket full of kryptonite song came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I was driving in a friend's car and he was listening to... Is there to, a guitar solo in that song? Yes, there is. Uh, uh, we were driving and he had his radio station on and he was listening to like the more kind of like uh, kind of like pop or hip-hop oriented mm-hmm, radio mm-hmm. station. And it was a crossover song. It was getting played on all sorts of stations. Yeah. And on that radio station, they cut out the solo. And How so, does the solo go? Why do I it's, remember it's a, it? It's a throwaway guitar solo. It doesn't matter, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's, you know, there's, there's solos that are like your Eddie Van Halen solos. That's like, wow, the song needs to have that or doesn't exist. Right. And then there's, there's so many songs that have solos just because there's a portion of time where it's like every single song on rock radio has to have a solo in it. And so solos mm-hmm. just existed mm-hmm. in songs because it was part of the format. That format doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, that's an actually a really interesting observation that songs that have solos, they don't necessarily need the solo. Um, I think that summarizes John Mayer's pop songs, like the pop sure. songs that he writes. Cause the thing that I'm thinking about is if the, if the guitar solo makes a comeback, it's going to have to be in like the reverse order that it left. So if we started like musically, a, we, a solo should make everyone who's listening to it pumped and drive them yeah. into the next part of the song. If it doesn't make you pumped, it's only there for the guitarist. Right. So, so my, and, and that's again, perfect example um, is if you're going to say that, like, damn, I don't know the quintessential riff, not really a solo. I guess it's a riff that gets you just jacked up for the song. The one that always gets drilled into my head is the, the opening to beat it. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'd call that a solo, but it's definitely something. Oh, yeah. And Or, you know, the various Van Halen solos from back in the day. And then when I think of, like, the modern solo, and for some reason, again, people are going to be like, oh, you should go listen to this hard rock band, and it's just not my scene. Uh, so maybe there's some great ones out there, and I just don't know about it. But what I think about is John Mayer waiting on the world to change. Really cool guitar solo, but... The song is what makes it a song. That solo is a cool solo. Right. But if you'd never heard the solo, it would still be a great song. And I think that's kind of the going to be the transition back is right now, like you said, we're in a time period where the solo doesn't fit the format. Uh, and so you don't really hear them. And I think you're going to, we're going to have to like reverse back out where we have nothing. And then people are going to start slipping in these John Mayer, maybe technically very good. John Mayer solos are, technically very good if you're not into it that's fine but they're you can't say that they're not technically no, very good they're great 
Um, I mean, you can say it. You're just wrong. Uh, it's subjective. And then, and then I think we kind of have to move back to like, we're going to, it's a cycle, but it's not like normally it's a cycle where it goes away and then it comes back through an underground thing. I'm going to say for this, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be like a sine wave. I'm going to say that right now where we are in pop popular music, guitar is, is ripe and rock is ripe for a comeback. Cause there's not a lot out there. Mm-hmm. And so for it to enter into the popular space again, it's ripe right now because there's not a lot of other baggage on top of it. Mm-hmm. You don't have all this baggage of like, oh, it has to be hair metal. Oh, it has to be uh, grunge. It has to be alternative. It has to be punk. It has to be that. It, the, the, the environment is ripe for something new to grow out of the void and become the next right. big thing. And that's what we need. We've been stagnant. For decades now, and it's time for something new for guitar. And I can't, I you know, I'm too old to tell you what that's going to be. But, some, you know, pay attention. Some 14, 15-year-old kid's going to come out. And they're not going to look the way that you want them to look. They're not going to sound the way that you want them to look. But they're going to come out with something that is going to become the thing. So be cool about it. <laughs> Don't be a be, new boomer. Be Don't be an old boomer. Cool about it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, sorry, I'm looking up something because I was interested in it. And thanks for the oh, update. Geez. Steve is narrating his Wikipedia oh, experience yeah. right now. Well, the other thing I was going to say is I think rock is going to, I think it's going to come back and it's going to come back from places that people aren't expecting it to come back. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that one of these, these young pop kids discovers Iggy pop. And, it, oh my God. You know, and, you know, I think they discover the Stooges and we get a version of pop music that is influenced by heavy, nasty, gated, ridiculous, super fuzz sounds and some sort of just mm-hmm. raw mm-hmm. vocals and raw attitudes about things. But, you know, that's my fantasy. So I I, I think- hope I hope I hope the kids out there find their own voice and I th- I hope they change culture in a way that is beneficial and meaningful to them. We kind of talked about pop artists who are releasing rock albums and maybe a really good example of that is the last Halsey album. Talked all about Halsey a little bit earlier that has Trent Reznor on guitar. Has Lindsey Buckingham. I on didn't even track. know Trent Reznor played guitar. I thought okay. he played computer. Apparently he played guitar on four tracks. <laughs> no, I know that He's he plays guitar. Pino Palladino on bass on a track. Like, it, there's a lot of like rock stuff going on on this album. That's kind of uh, there's a lot of guitar on that album. I or at least there's a lot of something that sounds like guitar on that guitar album. Guitar is a smart instrument. It's a great instrument. It works really well for pop songs. There's we're not going to see it completely disappear. You want to do this last ad? Yeah, let's let's do it and get out of here. This is called Boss Mouse. Uh, did in I, Dutch, it says Boss Mouse. Another Mark ad. Mark has been the winner the last few episodes. This is the DS1 Boss Mouse. They uh, want 100 euros for it? Yeah, 100 euros. How much is that actually worth? I feel like that might actually be a really is good deal. Is that even usable? As a mouse? Yeah. It's got a USB plug. Well, no, I know, but like... This is a collector's item. You know, I say I it's... I wish it was wireless. I say it's... You're asking for a lot. 
you could probably gut a wireless mouse and make it wireless but oh damn 150 bucks from japan 130 bucks for the super overdrive again from japan it's a collector's item (laughs) but i kind of feel like if you're going to go down that road and you want a boss collector's item just get an older ds1 and it's probably the same price (laughs) just get a just get a a yoshi era ds1 oh man is that going to become a thing that's, Yoshi that's era a big question. Yoshi that's, era boss pedals. That's the that's the speculation, the speculatoryness of it. Yoshi is, I mean, I'm super happy for him that he's retired. He's done a lot of good work in 40 years of working at Boss. And I, we mentioned that in last episode. But it's like there's a different breed of guitar builder personalities now, where the the, the person behind the brand is up front with a brand where I don't think people really knew who was behind boss mm-hmm. until fairly recently. Like it was always just, Oh, that's boss. And it's only become a current thing, a recent thing. That's like, Oh, here's this guy, Yoshi, who's been, you know, working boss for 40 years. And that's like to see if we do see like a post Yoshi, economy for for like yoshi era boss pedals that will be very interesting it might not happen at all i can't imagine but you know you can only imagine i can only imagine hate you (laughs) all right get us out of here uh this song was sent to us by kyle from the tone jerks if you think this podcast talks about guitar too much uh go check out the tone jerks podcast they talk about guitar even less than we do sorry for all the trash i talked on pop punk kyle (laughs) uh (laughs) so this song this is from for his uh new project it's called sunrunner he says that he uses an american performer fender strat a walrus 385 overdrive into straight into the daw reason 11 uh the chorus reverb and delay are out of the daw Plugins into Ampsons and the drum plugin is Easy Drummer 2, not to be confused with Easy Drummer or Easy Drummer 3. I don't know if those are things. Yeah, don't even bring up Easy Drummer 4.
that was a fun jam. Yeah, that was cool. I've been listening and jamming along to a lot of uh, like NXS and Echo and the Bunnymen and like kind of like new wavy type stuff lately in my couch jam sessions and whatnot. So that scratched a, a very specific itch that I've been scratching on my own lately. Very cool. And I, I, that little like, like yeah. that is very tasteful and very well controlled. I like that, like that part, those little parts in particular tickled my ear in the way that they wanted to be tickled. So thank you. Thank you for tickling me. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Bye everyone. Stay grounded.